Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the number one resource for actors and talent seekers. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, and I'm here to guide you through every aspect of the entertainment industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. These intimate, inspirational conversations with today's most award-worthy film, television, and theater artists provide you, dear listener, advice on how to live the creative life, personal stories of success and failure alike, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. I like to see it as empowering the actor to get to a place where this feels effortless. Mm -hmm. So what tools does that actor need to get to a place of feeling they can be free in the dialect? We are designing the, the dialect and we are designing that dialect to fit into the contextual elements of the story that's being told. We are just diving in here. Christine, hi. How are hi, you? Hi, Jack. I'm great. So how is New York? How, how are you on your end? Well, it's beautiful. We we had snow yesterday, which, oh, you know, right. finally beginning to look a lot like <laughs> the holidays. So that's fab. That's funny um, to me. Yes. And then, and then it's, it's kind of nice today. So I don't know. Good. I'd prefer a little bit of light snow every day in December if I could. But mm-hmm. maybe that's just me. Yeah, it's pretty sunny where I am. So it's good to... It's good to check in. Hey, we really are an international, uh, basically an international podcast at, the, at this point. I love that. I'm I'm really <laughs> excited about 2020 being a year where all of these fabulous accents have been on yeah. backstage. You know, like <laughs> totally. you know, we've 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 obviously got your lovely American sound. We've got Jamie. Yes. I'm not yeah. sure what, what region Jamie's even from, but it's just a lovely British right. sound. Yeah. And Hannah, which is its <laughs> Wales is its own beast. Absolutely, we just had Hannah. Yeah, Hugh Grant. Yeah. John and Boyega. then, oh, Hugh, of course, I can't, of course, I haven't even got to the guests yet. I'm just, right. you know, blather blathering on about all our, our fabulous backstage <laughs> people, you know. And then, of course, there's yeah. myself and we've, you know, I've got the Northern Irish sign, by the way, of living in New York for 14 years. So Yeah, everyone's unique. <laughs> so yeah. We, yeah. So I feel like the, the dialogue the dialect conversation, you know, mm. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it totally does. I mean, we've been wanting to do these kind of, we've been calling them deep dive episodes on these specific actorly topics. And I think this was, I mean, wh- where did this idea come from? It was partially born out of somebody made, somebody on team podcast made an offhand comment that it would be, it would be cool to, because this is an audio form to hear about this, this aspect of it. But it's also frankly, because a lot of our readers click on content about dialects. <laughs> yeah. And, and dialects is such a funny subject because it's so hard to read dialect work, right? Like, you know, you almost have to hear it, you almost have to Mm. see it or be in a physical class to be able to learn more about dialect because there is the, you know, about IPA, which is the International Phonetic Alphabet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, know, there is IPA, but I... I studied it and I can't remember any of it, Jack. But totally, you know. But we're meant to know about it as as thespians. Uh-huh. Um, and, but it's quite hard to read, you know. It really is reading. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to do. So um, I think maybe it was me. I might have been part of Team Podcast that suggested the dialects so. because because of <laughs> Hannah, myself, and Jamie. <laughs> yes, I think it was a discussion about wow, listen to all these beautiful different accents on the podcast. You know what? And then, exactly. of course, we we attacked it from the angle of um, dialect coaches. And our two guests today are Barbara Rubin and Jerome Butler, who are pretty accomplished dialect coaches. So, I mean, we don't really know. Christine and I, listeners, we didn't really know what we were getting into. And mm-hmm. I was kind of winging it with the questions in these interviews because I don't know much about dialect coaching. But that, I think, is kind of the advantage is that many, many listeners probably also don't know, right? And so getting the basics of what a dialect coach does is super helpful for the working actor. I I 100% agree. And I think it's one of those, it's it's kind of two-pronged for me, right? First of all, you never know when you start in the business where you're going to end. And I think totally. that both of these, both of these dialect coaches have that story and, and ha- you know, are multidisciplined artists in that yeah. way. They're directors, they're producers, you know, so they're super interesting just to even explore the idea of where your career can go if you have a particular love for something. You totally. know, the, um, you know, Jerome and, and um, Barbara have a love for dialects and an yeah. interest in dialects. And that's what kind of drives them in their career. So I find that super fascinating. Totally. And then... And then secondly, as actors, you know, you need to keep on building that skill. And like, you know, dialects are so yeah. intimidating, you know. Uh, I think that's true. You, you, either there's general American and that's one thing. And then there's Cockney and, you know, everyone can do a bit of that. But, you know, mm-hmm. everyone makes fun of Dick Van Dyke for not getting it right. And, yes. and I think that there's just a wee bit of fear, you know. <laughs> so, totally. so I think that it's a fascinating topic to kind of have a wee think about, OK, great. Why do I... How, how do I how do I tackle it? How do I get better at it? How do I keep on developing yeah. my own skills? Spot on. Um, just to say a little bit about, because you mentioned um, both Barbara and Jerome, they are both dialect coaches, but Barbara is also uh, an experienced director and is currently the associate director, I'm saying currently, for Girl from the North Country, which is, which is, was, will be on Broadway. <laughs> it will be. I believe it yeah. is a will, will be. Will be again. Yeah. Right. Right. And Jerome is um, a Juilliard school trained actor. <laughs> and yeah. he has worked with a bunch of um, pretty, they've both worked with really impressive clients. But I, I wanted to note that Jerome has also worked with Jonathan Price, who has been on this podcast, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. And a great, a great podcast. If you didn't get to listen to it, go back and listen to Jonathan. What, what a fascinating actor. Totally. That one. And then I would also recommend to listeners to go back and listen to Patrick Stewart from way back when. Um, and Gary Oldman, because both spoke specifically about dialects, this idea that dialects are both tied to geography and also time period, which came mm-hmm. up in both of, of these interviews today. That is, I mean, that right there is so fascinating. Christine and I also said we were going to link to two backstage articles to kind of give um, those who are curious a kind of jumping off point for dialects. One is called Seven Ways to Avoid Failing at Accents. And another is a guide to specifically British accents. Christine, was there anything else we were supposed to touch on? No, I don't know. I think maybe we could leave you with, um, I don't know, Sushi Chef? Sushi Chef. Mamala, mamala, mamala. Totally. Round the rugged rock, the ragged rascal ran. That's that's all I remember from acting school, Jack. (laughs) Wait, those are really good. I don't even know. Those are like fancy versions of of the... the, um, of the accent work? Are you supposed to be able to do those in like every different Southern accent? Is that the idea? 
No, you're meant to be able to do them at speed. So the idea for oh. some of those little silly ones like Sushi Chef, it's kind of hard to say fast, but it's one of those it's, that clean up um, your S's. I see. Actually I train your mouth. Yeah. Yes, 100%. So like doing mm. a few of the exercises before you start, um, a, a, you know, recording something or, or yeah. um, going into an audition. Um, that's all part of uh, not necessarily dialect work, but like, you know, vocal warm up, which Barbara definitely I, I'm an ex student of Barbara's. That's another thing that I should probably confess. Sure. So Barbara and I have gone back a long way. I may yeah, have gone off. Just on a so tangent. cool. No, <laughs> we that's can cut cool. this off. <laughs> no, this is awesome. No, really. Thank you for your expertise. Your um, your work as a former actor and someone who actually knows. Yeah, has actually worked with dialects. This is really valuable. So thank you. Yeah. Um I think the only thing else to say is like, listeners, if you, uh, uh, we will be gauging the response to this episode, like our voiceover deep dives, if this really gets a good response and we want to hear from more dialect coaches from different regions and different perspectives, um, you know, tweet us, email us, weigh in. I love that. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Christine. I think we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sister podcast and then get to first Barbara Rubin and then Jerome Butler. Fantastic. I'm just going to keep on doing my vocal warm-ups over here. Mamala, mamala, mamala. <laughs> mamala, mamala, mamala. Hello, hello. This is Jamie, the producer of the podcast. And I just want to take some time to tell you about the sister podcast to In the Envelope, which is VO School. This is a podcast that I produce and host, and it is devoted entirely to voiceover. So if you're looking to get into the voiceover industry, you should check it out. That's VO School, found on iTunes, Stitcher, all the usual places. And it's hosted by me. Each episode covers a different subject and we go through the business the craft the marketing the blood sweat and tears that is creating a voiceover career so check us out the vo school podcast available now Hailing from South Africa and working as a dialect coach and theater director in New York City, Barbara Rubin has been helping actors incorporate accent work into their craft for years. Her work on TV shows, films, Broadway and Off-Broadway, and individual clients including Hilary Swank, Julia Garner, Terence Howard, and Jennifer Hudson, makes Barbara the perfect expert to introduce us to the ins and outs of dialect work. Here's our interview with Barbara Rubin. so good to meet you. It's good to meet you too. Are you, you're in New York, yes? I am, yeah. Are you staying safe? Uh, yes, I think okay. I am. Indoors? I, I am. Yeah. Indoors. Yeah. Mostly indoors and mostly on, you know, Zoom, Skype, Amazon Chime and various sure. other, yeah. Amazon what? So, Amazon Chime. I don't know what that is. Should they we? They have their... I, I don't know. They have their own platform. So I uh, I just did an audible. Well, in the summer, at the end of the summer, I did two audible uh, plays that were from Williamstown that are going to be part of the Williamstown's doing their whole season on audible. And oh, we had so to cool. work. It's cool. We oh. had to work on this platform called Amazon Chime. Oh, I see. Oh, OK. Because because it's an Amazon thing. Yes. Wow. So. Yeah. Oh. Really cool. Williamstown is doing that. And you, so by working on it, you mean, what were you doing? Were you directing? Uh, no, dialect coaching. Oh, okay. For yeah. these two plays. Are they new plays? For two. Uh, one of them is a new play. Oh, okay. um, That's so it's, exciting. 
Yeah. Um, it's called the Chonburi International Hotel and Butterfly Club by Shakina Nafak. Okay. And oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so big cast and uh, lots of dialects. Actually, there were two coaches on it. And it's so fast because they rehearse for a week and then they record at the end of the second week. Mm. And so you're kind of coaching on the go and also and like they're literally recording and then asking for you to give the actors dialect notes like immediately. So everybody's oh. listening to this usually very private uh, conversation that happens between the coach and the actor. Oh, okay. Uh, Publicly, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. That is so interesting. That, that sounds like a blend of so many different aspects of, of the entertainment industry that have now had to, in this crazy year, come together and like figure itself out like totally on the fly. Right, exactly. And it sounds like network TV pace, the way you just described it. There's a ton of people involved. They have to move fast and you got to film it all and get it out right away. Yeah. But But so this is all, it's not, mm, this is all, the Williamstown thing is all audible. So they're all recordings. So Williamstown gets all of those actors. I mean, most of the actors were going to be part of the Williamstown festival in the summer. And instead Um, it's just their voices. Yeah. Cool. By the way, I mean, thank you so much for joining us because we, we've never done this before. We, We want to do these deep dives into different topics of the industry. And of course we're backstage. So we've mostly focused on acting, but dialects and dialect coaching are so related to acting And I definitely think our listeners would probably have lots of questions. So I might ask you some of those questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because it sounds really fascinating. So first, could I just ask you like what, I know you said you didn't want to talk about your life story, but like (laughs) what has been your path through the industry? Like how did you come to pursue dialect coaching? So it came to pursue me rather than me coming to pursue it. So I, uh, I studied directing and directed for a while and worked as an associate director. Uh, And firstly, and I trained, I grew up and trained in South Africa where Mm -hmm. we didn't really ever have budgets for things like dialect coaches in the theater. So as the director, I had to be able to um, enable or empower actors. And Mm -hmm. so, so that was probably where it, began. I mean, or it could go further back. Like I had a Lithuanian grandmother who had a heavy accent. We were constantly trying to sort of teach her how to pronounce things. Um, That is training in a way. Yeah, that is training. The country has 11 official languages. So you're hearing like a ton of different things. Hmm. Um, But it really, I think uh, it really happened. I, I, uh, when I moved to New York, I was working as, uh, as, as an assistant director and I was working with Athel Fugard and all okay. of his plays are set in South Africa. And of course we had great dialect coaches, American dialect coaches, mm-hmm. but being in the room with him uh, and the coach coming in so irregularly, he would ask me to sort of give the nuances or help the actors a little along the way. And I think huh. that's really where it started to click for me that this is something that I enjoy doing. I yes. love working with actors anyway. Um, yeah. And so 10 years after working as his assistant director, 
I sort of became the dialect coach for, they did, he, he won like a lifetime Tony and they uh -huh. did a revival of uh, Road to Mecca on Broadway. And then he was a legacy playwright at the Signature Theater. And mm -hmm. I've worked on all of the plays that okay. uh, they produced for him there. So okay. it was really through that work, I think that emboldened me. What were the other notable productions or like um, points in your career that further solidified this? I know that you were working on a Broadway show just as COVID hit. Yes, that's not the as recent. the dialect coach though. Um, I oh. was working as the associate director on that. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, um, and wow. that was a girl from the North Country. Cool. So, yeah. I wish we could have all, yeah. It's a, it's know. a bummer, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> next year though. Good, okay, good. Yes. Good. We will be back. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's been interesting, actually, because uh, initially when I started doing the dialect coaching work, um, it was a, a problem for some people that I was a director. And certainly one of the agents oh. that I spoke to was like, oh, oh, you should never let anybody know that you're also that you also direct. And I think that um, it's actually been super helpful to me because mm -hmm. I understand that relationship between the actor and the director, like, you know, firsthand. And so I know what not what ground not to tread on. I know I what see. is not my job, not my, you know what I mean? So it's actually, yeah, it's, it's worked out well, but I, so uh, lots of theater productions. Um, I think the first uh I, I worked with some celebrities uh, early on uh, who uh, were mostly around, you know, uh, South African dialect. So um, oh, I worked with Jennifer Hudson, who uh -huh. uh, was playing Winnie Mandela. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, uh, mm. um, I've, I've coached Julia Garner. Actually, she's shooting this Anna Delvey project right okay. now. Uh, but I met Julia when she was a teenager um, uh -huh. and I have, uh, she was getting a lot of British, like, uh, you know, auditions when she was really young for British things. And she uh, wanted to work on British dialects. And then she kind of came back a little while later and she'd gotten cast in this uh, independent film called Tomato Red, which was mm -hmm. set in the Ozarks. And oh. we worked on that dialect, which ended up being, you know, her sort of template for Ruth in Ozark. Wow. So, yeah. But this has been a crazy project because uh, Anna Delvey, you know, she was Russian born, uh, lived and grew up in Germany, kind of created this identity oh, wow. for herself as this socialite, um, er, you know, German heiress, but also uh, has created her own kind of accent it's so sure. weird she she's you know you listen to the recording and you're like what is that it's such uh -huh. a mix of things uh right. so that was fun that is interesting the i hadn't thought of that the idea that um sometimes for dialect coaching you are dealing with uh actors playing real people so somebody like that or winnie mandela yes. are you so how does listening to the recordings work and then how do you use those as a template or throw them aside and start from scratch or both? Huh. A little bit of both, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely what we're not aiming for is, you know, documentary style, like this is how the person speaks, like mimic. Okay. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, it's super helpful to, to I, like if you're playing somebody like Winnie Mandela, that there's there's some very identifiable uh, speech patterns or sounds mm-hmm. that we're hearing that um, are the springboard. Uh, Julia kind of, you know, she she worked with, we we did have a recording of, uh, of Anna herself and, and that, sends us off in, in, into like, what are you mm. hearing? What's, what, what pops for you? And then how does that come together like in her mouth? So mm. I think one of the things that I loved uh, that w- when I was working with Athel Fugard, he would say to me and to the actors in the room at the beginning of a process, he would say, chaps, this is not a documentary. And okay. I love that. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's a different form, yeah. Yeah. And it gives the space for, it can be authentic um, and it can be a kind of believable fiction. Uh, okay. And that's kind of what we're, we're aiming for. So yeah. 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 That it's is freeing. fascinating because I think that's true that you, as an audience member, you know, you're not watching a, a documentary when you're watching a stage show or a movie. So there's an element of suspension of disbelief and I hadn't thought that that applies to accents as well. I'm fascinated by like, uh, especially actors who have to play singers and you know, whether they're lip syncing or whether they're creating it with their own voice. The point is not to, yeah, like show footage of the person. No, it's an actor playing it and we all know that. So it sounds like dialects are the same way of like, almost like the audience is giving the actor a little bit of a grace period or like a a wiggle room in their interpretation because we want an interpretation, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think we're also interested in that interpretation. So obviously Uh if it's somebody iconic, you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know what that person sounds like, Yeah. but how is this person interpreting? So it's, it's a, it's a a layer of storytelling and it's character. Mm. And I will believe it if it even if it isn't absolutely completely you know specific to what i hear gotcha. but in interestingly enough like sometimes it has to adjust you know uh, in that same film i was the pre-production coach for terence howard who was playing mandela mm-hmm. and a lot of the way that Nelson Mandela spoke, people can't necessarily understand exactly what he's saying because they're not used to hearing uh-huh. him or, you know. And so there has to be uh, some room uh, in the same way that I remember, this is obviously dating myself, but when the Beauty Queen of Lenan won the Tony, the original company from Ireland was performing it on Broadway. Oh, uh-huh. and. I remember going to see it and realizing, wow, there was stuff that I was missing and I wish that I could see it again. I couldn't afford to, but I wish that I could see it again. Uh Um, And I remember these two women discussing the play after and the one said, oh, wasn't it brilliant? And the other woman said, it was. I wish I understood more of it. And that was my experience too. So sometimes it's who's the audience, right? Who's receiving it? And it's That's, not yeah. always uh, being created for the people who are okay. the best uh, in listeners or interpreters of that okay. dialogue. So you are yeah. thinking, it's like your job is also thinking about the audience. Yes. And like I, I would say making sure more in understood. theater. Yes, oh, definitely. Theater. Okay. A little bit more in theater because films reaches, you know, so wide. But yeah. there are some people who 
um, call themselves dialect designers. Like you'll see sometimes the person is not listed oh. as the coach, but as the designer, because there is such oh. a negotiation uh, often with the director, with the writer sometimes, with mm. the actors mm. about what it should be or if it's if it's too if it's too much if it's too intense uh and so sometimes you're really creating a whole world uh for the project and right. it feels like you're designing it as you go along interesting yeah that is so interesting and i don't know how nitty gritty you want to get about what exactly it is you do and i'm sure each session and each client and each project is of course totally different but i did want to circle back on this idea of what your job isn't and the notion yeah. that you you can't step on the director's toes is really interesting because is it safe to assume then, I'm just guessing here, your job is to not make decisions about the production or about the storytelling in a bigger picture. You can't step on toes in that way. Absolutely. Not even about, even though it's a, I see it as a part of character work, I'm not uh-huh. there to interpret the character. For the actor, uh, right. For the actor. Interesting. And so I'm not there to guide, uh, you know, where the performance is, is heading in any way. And But often it's a fine line because, you know, we're mm. talking about who this person is. Um, so yeah. I think my job is to, uh, I like to see it as empowering the actor mm. to get to a place where this feels effortless. Mm -hmm. So where, what tools uh, does that actor need to get to a place of feeling they can be free in the dialect Mm -hmm. to work uh, and meaning that they're not working, thinking of the dialect. So a Mm -hmm. lot of it is uh, what does that actor need to know from the point that they arrive at the work, which is always completely individual and unique. It's totally bespoke. Like Mm. there isn't a kind of cookie cutter approach um, because people have had different training. People have had no training. People have had great training, but sometimes we're bad at uh, phonetics at IPA and they come in mm. thinking like, I'm not going to be able to get this because I really okay. sucked at this in drama Psychologically, school. Yeah. 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 And, um, wh- however, whatever that is, some actors know exactly what works for them and what mm. their process needs to be with uh, a coach and other actors are still discovering what that sure. is. Mm. Um, so it's really about all the tools that I can offer uh, that person to allow them to find that sense of freedom, that sense of like being able to play and not being sure. conscious of it. Yeah. Sure. Cause when we've, uh, a lot of the actors on this podcast have talked about the notion of doing all of the prep work so that when you are on set or on stage, you can be free. Right. Which is, I mean, that sounds like your, so is it safe to say that your work is also, at what stage in the character building process is it? Is it the sort of thing where like an actor would want to work with you before learning their lines so that then they can learn the lines in the correct accent? Also, d- different actors have different Depends. approaches to that. Uh-huh. Depends on like what their, uh, sometimes like what their technique is or um, yes. And so I, you know, I have private clients. So there are some mm-hmm. actors who would engage me whether the production, uh, you know, had budget or not, or whether there was a coach attached or not. 
uh, and oftentimes will want uh, sort of a, an initial session just to kind of get in the world and then mm. to work on their own and then check back. And it depends cool. on whether it's theater or film, because if I am doing pre-production with an actor um, and there is great budget, we, I, you know, I, I could work with somebody on and off for like three months. Oh, okay. And wow. that is a real kind of, that's a, a luxurious and wonderful <laughs> period of time to spend. Maybe that's ideal. Um, Sure. That, yeah, yeah, it would be amazing if that was, you know. Um, but sometimes it's it's kind of fast and furious. Yeah. Uh, it's quick, and um, we've got to kind of dive into it, get into it relatively quickly. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But there are always multiple sessions, or is there ever like, is there ever one? <laughs> like a <laughs> so one-off session. A one-off session. Um, Usually if somebody is uh, just seeing me individually, like I'm not necessarily part of the production. If I'm hired mm. by a production company or, or uh, there is usually more than one session. Gotcha. But sometimes uh, in the theater, there may be like a big group session. If everybody is in similar mm. a similar dialect world, there's gotcha. like an introductory session. And then I may come back and hear uh, a, an early run through. But okay. in, in, in between that time, I'm usually scheduled to work work with the actors a couple of times individually, very short, like half an hour uh, mm. to kind of check in, to offer any guidance, to see where things are, uh, and then uh, to, to note the run-throughs, uh, you know, when we go into previews or, hmm. um, yeah, kind of our dress rehearsals or sometimes during tech, but usually from dress rehearsal on. Sure. Uh, so it, it doesn't add up to a ton of hours for theater. Uh, uh-huh. you know, okay. which sometimes is, uh, is can, can sort of feel a little bit like it freaks some people out, especially sure. if they're new to this. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but there, there is so much, uh, access to, you know, the whole world that you're investigating and so much you can listen oh, sure. to and so much you can do hmm. in between coaching sessions. Ah, Okay. And I should ask you about what those things are too, but I, I wanted to, mm-hmm. so the point about the, I guess the point about the dialect coaching is that it's coaching. Like the idea is that you, uh, that the actor works with you, goes off to do their own thing. Time passes. It gets more in their system, more in their process. Then you do it again. And that's preferably over a long period of time, as opposed to yeah, yeah a one-off session where you're just doing a tutorial. The point is to finesse and train and finesse and train and finesse and train. Yes. And to um, like oftentimes, depending on the comfort level of the actor, uh, sometimes sometimes somebody will really like nail it after Mm. one intense coaching session, like something clicks and it's it's kind of all there or it's a similar dialect to something they've worked on. So there are few changes to be made kind of depends on, you know, where we're starting from. Um, when, when I do audition coaching, some actors will have, you know, a very like sort of important audition and they've been asked for a very specific dialect Uh and it's a callback or, and and they want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could definitely be like, you know, a half an hour or 45 minute session. And then you're just like running with it. Um, but usually process is. Mm-hmm. an important part of it. And I wish that I could just sort of, you know, wave my magic wand and it would be 
there. Um, but there generally is a lot of really focused, uh, concentrated, intense work um, to be able to reach that point of uh, not thinking about it. I, I always remember going to... Um, um, Kevin Klein came to speak at the Strasbourg Institute and somebody asked him a question about dialects. I was teaching dialects there at the time. And he talked about, he realized something about himself where he was always sitting in a chair working on dialects and he always felt like he couldn't get it. And then one day he just got up and he realized, <laughs> oh, like if I'm, if I'm in my body, if I know who this character is jet with gesture and movement, uh, then the dialect is part of that. And it, it's, you know, it's so much easier. Um, and that's why I think, you know, for actors sort of getting to know what works for you, getting to know, and I'm available, whatever you mm -hmm. need, here I am. Um, right. And if you don't know what you need, then a part of, if we have the time, a part of what I believe uh, my job is, is to lead you toward what actually, oh, notice that it doesn't work for you when you see it visually, but it works when you feel it in your mouth or right. when, when you're listening or vice versa. Gotcha. And so the groundwork of being an, of being an actor and knowing yourself as a performer like this is part of that. And if you know that you, yeah, are visual or physical, then dialect coaching is folded into that process. And you must've worked with actors, yeah, as you say, who are not as experienced in their body or in their process and don't quite know yet, which is fine. It just means yeah. that there's maybe more of a learning curve. You got to, right. there's a lot of work <laughs> being an actor. Yeah, there is. And also a lot of uh, exper like exploration and play Yes. I think. Mm, which you need um, to be freed up in order to really do. Right. Right. And right. then discover more of what works for you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So there's oh some mystery to it as well, I think, you know. As with all things, as with all things, like, I mean, even with something like casting or something like, again, like vocal, like music, and there's a lot of subjectivity, I feel like. And that goes right. for dialects too. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, can I ask, what do you think are misconceptions about what it is you do, or maybe you've worked with actors who they th they go into a session thinking it's thinking dialect coaching is one thing. Like, what do you wish more actors knew about it? I think, well, we a little bit that we're here to find what works for you. We're mm -hmm. here. It's bespoke. It's 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 based on you. Mm -hmm. It it isn't a magic formula, but yeah. There are, um, there are ways to get you where you need to be. Uh, I think uh, some misconceptions are that the bet, like if you find a great coach, there's less work you're going to have to do. And I'm not sure that mm. that's true. Obviously, it's great to work with a great coach, but yes. I still feel like, you know, there, that a lot of that work has got to be. Uh, you've got to take that on for yourself. And especially if you're wanting to reach that place where it's integrated, um, the more you're allowing that to happen as you're working and outside of your coaching sessions, um, the better. And that could be anything from, you know, listening to a radio station from that part of the world, like okay. when you're when you're getting ready for rehearsal or for coaching or what you're uh, how you're kind of dipping in um, to 
to, to let that live for you in a way that's very real, mm. both in your mouth, but also kind of you're hearing it, especially if it's a dialect you don't hear a lot of, which sure. with the South African dialects was often, you know, working with American actors, yeah. like they have some c concept of what it is, which is mm -hmm. often something that they've heard, which may be a little stereotype or okay. uh, it, it sometimes Definitely. sounds a little Nigerian uh -huh. or, you know, there are things that are um, that kind of become a part of it that are uh, maybe not uh, in the in the right world. But there's mm -hmm. some take on it um, and, and what it is to let go of that. So mm -hmm. I, I also um, think it's really it's important to develop that listening skill, which is something you okay. don't have to pay a coach for. Yeah, and it's something you you get to work on on your own and you have to work on on your own. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that answers yeah. the question so beautifully about what what it is actors can do to kind of lay the groundwork for better facilitate or better incorporating dialect coaching into their process, right? Like I love the idea of of listening to audio and really soaking in like living in the world. What did you say earlier that the what is the term, the world of the dialect? Yeah, like well, the world of the the play or the film, so that right. you know you're you're filling yourself with as much as possible, so that it it feels right. like you can integrate it. You know filling it. yourself because often dialects are dictated by geography and even by time. I guess more by mm -hmm. geography than by time. Is YouTube Absolutely. a great resource? Like, what are the other great oh, tools like that? Incredible. Everybody YouTube, talks about YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube is amazing. I mean, the, how you research, like a lot of people listen to, um, they, they'll look up dialect uh, and they'll try to listen to a coach who's recorded something. And that could work, but okay. more like what, you know, if you, if, if your dialect is a specific location and you start to research, like who are people who, you know, are po politicians or celebrities or uh, who were born in that place. Sometimes act listening to other actors because they've been trained um, mm. out of what their original dialect may have been, may not be the greatest idea, but what, who are people who, uh, you know, we could hear interviews of who came from there or mm. who, who were raised there. Um, and uh, so all of the, like that kind of research and then films that, uh, you know, were uh, like, television series that is mm. filmed in the north of England is going to give you some really amazing stuff mm. to just just have there as the palette of what you're working on. So there's right. a familiarity with not only the sounds, but also the way that language is used and uh, idiomatic speech and slang. And, yeah. you know, so however you can immerse yourself. And there's mm -hmm. just there's so many resources at the moment. Um, and coaches can guide you there too, but there's a lot, you know, that you can do ahead of time. Of yeah. yeah. And, and also knowing like when to, when you need coaching, I think is important. Um, so that you're obviously not just throwing money away, but that you've done a little bit of work. You, mm. you know, you've done a little research on your own, um, you you have some thought going in, and also that you're not going into your session either completely exhausted or you're oh. working on something else and you've just spent, you know, the last six hours 
uh, in, in another dialect and you haven't really scheduled time for yourself to mm. clear out and pre and prepare, um, you know, so, so all of those things. That's great. That's great advice. Play. Yeah. And also just, I mean, avoiding stereotypes, as you said earlier, that's like, that's of the utmost importance. And I feel like it's like every dialect must be every dialect's coach coaches worst nightmare and certainly actors worst nightmare to capture something that is just inauthentic and just, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's tricky because uh, in the, in the beginning, sometimes when, uh, the person tries it on for the first time, it's their anxiety. Oh, I sound like the stereotype of an Australian, you know, oh. like crocodile hunter or whatever, like, okay. no, but this a stereotype is often reflecting something that we all acknowledge is part of that dialect itself. Mm. So sometimes you kind of have to lean in a little bit before okay. you can pull back and be subtle and neutral. Nice. Um, you, you, it depends, obviously. So everything nice. I'm saying depends, but sometimes it's helpful to actually like, okay, so what is the stereotype here? Uh, and yes, we don't want to stay there, yeah. but what are the sounds that you absolutely associate with this dialect or the placement, the nasality, the denasality? Like, what are you hearing that makes you go, oh, I sound like the stereotype. That's awful. Right. And then it's a place to move. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, it is almost a jumping off point. And it sounds like the big, the biggest advice maybe is to do it all, try it all, try everything. If you're just going on the stereotype, of course, you're going to be limited to that. If you just do the radio thing, then that, you know, that's, there's different um, colors in the palette of the, of the dialect to right. paint with. Yeah. Or and like the, research with. Yeah. And, you know, earlier you had mentioned uh, the, the period, time period. Mm -hmm. uh, and even that is uh, up for discussion often. So if you're working mm. on um, a received pronunciation, British RP from the 40s, to our oh. ear right now, like with those little like R taps and, uh, you know, like, um, let me think of an example. Um, all right. Uh -huh. you know, um, uh, vere, vere, vere. Like, yeah, we don't want to pull somebody out of the story or, and suddenly get them focused on something that's happening in the dialect. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So sometimes there'll be like a conversation mm. about what, what sounds are just not really, we're not going to include those, even though they may be authentic for the period, okay. we're going to lighten that. Right. Or, um, that's part of the coaching. interpretation thing of like the audience is suspending disbelief a little bit already. So yeah. Right. And then sometimes, um, in rare cases, uh, a, a particular sound, um, will actually like flip an actor into another dialect. And depending on how much time they have to work on that. So for example, um, the, the R in, in, in an Afrikaans dialect is round, round. And I worked with an actor who had just finished a project working in a Scottish dialect. And every time we hit that R, like all the vowels, all the Scottish vowels would come in, you know, so huh. we lightened ours and focused on. So, yeah, huh. it, it's so fascinating, like what comes up when sure. you start to play around. Sure. And the more you do it, the more the more you will be able to be more chameleonic 
right? And being able to figure out, is, is dialect coaching like lighting? Like I hadn't thought of it this way where like lighting is supposed to be something that if you're noticing it in a stage show, then it's probably wrong. Like it's supposed to be something that is in the background that you're not distracted by. Is that sort of the same idea? <laughs> Ideally, I would say probably yeah. yes. Um, but in a way, uh, I think what often distracts is when our ear thinks that it's inconsistent or okay. when we're struggling to understand. Mm. I mean, we'll know it's in a dialect, right? Uh, okay. And, and I think there may even be, for some people, a slight anxiety that they're not going to understand everything. Um, mm. And I think that oftentimes I'll talk about, like, in a, working on a play, the, the, the establishing the dialect in the first couple of scenes. Once there's a sort of sense mm. of, like, okay, this is where we are, um, then you can really, you know, go all out. But the first, uh, have you ever, have you ever watched a film where it takes your ears like a little bit of time to adjust, like mm -hmm. five to 10 minutes or something where you're like, oh, okay. And then you, you know. don't notice it anymore. Right. And that, yeah, maybe right. less than five to 10 minutes. So I think yeah. sometimes it can be like that. So probably a I mean, little more noticeable, but yes, yeah. when, when you're thinking about the dialect as an audience member, unless you're a dialect coach, um, or what often happens is you're actually from that place where you can't help but notice that that particular person, uh, you, you know, whatever they're doing sound-wise doesn't quite sound... Yes, which is where that yeah. suspension of disbelief comes in again, or like, and like you were saying, any iconic people, we all know what they sound like, but we are right. also all buying into the idea that we are here to watch this actor perform that, that person. So. Yes, exactly. And, and actually on that point, um, that I would really love to remind actors not to ask their friends and family uh, what they think of their dialect while they're working on it, because Sometimes okay. mm. what happens is they're getting notes from people who are comparing what they usually sound like to what they're hearing, uh -huh. and it's incongruous. Uh -huh. And uh, it can be a, it can sometimes be damaging to younger actors who are, okay. you know, really working hard to believe that they can do this work. Sure. So yes, so beware of who you're getting your notes from. That's so interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is fascinating. It really is. The, this, um, I love hearing the, your advice, echoing other advice we've heard on this podcast, but in this very specific like, field. Um, thank you. It's really, it's really fascinating. Are there any other, any other um, pieces of advice that those who've never worked with a dialect coach or those who would like to master a dialect, anything we haven't covered you know, uh, most actors know tongue twisters, right? Oh, from uh -huh. their voice, from their voice classes. Yes. Uh, and I think that sometimes, even if you're, mm. if you want to practice dialects, or Ooh. you're not working on a specific project, uh, mm. so that you've got more under your belt. You know, when mm. you go into an audition and you've listed on your resume that you can do the following dialects, sometimes they'll they'll put you on the spot and say, "Oh yeah, really." Um, <laughs> let's hear, let's hear your Australian dialect. That's good. To Come know. on. Okay. Yes. And, you know, usually if you've worked on an Australian dialect, there was a process around that you were focused on it. So mm. here you are a year and a half later and you're just yeah. 
kind of thrown in. In a new so, environment. Yeah. In a new environment, in an mm. anxiety provoking environment sometimes. But um, yeah. so things like that, like uh, having uh, some rhymes or tongue twisters or some sentences that uh, I'll often ask people to choose a key sentence that kind of drops them into the dialect as cool. quickly as possible. So if you have those things on your resume, like have some key sentences or know that you can do, you know, uh, Betty bought a bit of butter in your uh, British RP or whatever you need to do yeah. in case that comes up. And practice. And practice. And yeah. the other uh, audition tip that I wanted to uh, throw out is mm -hmm. I've noticed a lot of people get incredibly anxious when there is a, a dialect requirement for an audition. And I, I think a lot of people feel like they have to spend the money up front and they've not even gotten into a second round yet because how mm -hmm. can they go into the audition? Um, and my take on that is your openness to try it, your willingness to go in there and uh, you know, do the best you can uh, is sometimes really valuable and impactful because when you get the job, the chances are there's going to be something in place for you, a coach or some way of uh, the process that allows you to work on the dialect. So um, you're not necessarily expected to be perfect. And the people who are auditioning you are not necessarily dialect coaches. No. So anything that you can do to just throw the flavor in the texture, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to feel like this is your perfect, this is your only shot and it's perfect. Yeah. And that's just a great point too, because as you say, auditions, there's enough stress and anxiety involved already that you're already being prevented from the really freed up place of being able to play and experiment so in addition to doing all the prep work of, of learning your lines, yeah, do, do the right amount of work to prepare the dialect without doing the amount of work that's going to freak you out about it. Yeah, because the chances are it's not the dialect that's going to get you the job. And oftentimes, you know, an actor uh, will uh, say to me, I auditioned for this part and now they're asking to see me for something else. And it's totally. a different dialect. So, you know. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is so cool. Okay. Thank you so much, Barbara. This is really fascinating. Absolutely. I hope there's good stuff that you can use and feel free Definitely. to edit out anything that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and um, No, no. The, okay. Considering this is an audio podcast, it's good to talk about. I think the dialects is a great, you know, area to talk about for that reason. So Great. Awesome. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. Jerome Butler supports the artistic processes of working actors in film, TV, and theater, including Jonathan Price, Robert Downey Jr., Ellen Burstyn, and more, with dialect coaching and accent modification. Based in New York City and with a background in drama training at the Juilliard School, Jerome is the founder of Dialect Coaches Corner, a website providing online tools for actors, executives, and fellow dialect coaches. Here's our interview with Jerome Butler. Well, Jerome, thank you so much for um, for joining us on this on this as I was just saying this new venture of the of our podcast. 
Do you want to introduce yourself to listeners? Kind of uh, what is your, what would you say your title is, first of all? Uh, well, first of all, Jack, I'm so happy to be on your program <laughs> and, you know, reach your listeners. Yeah. Uh, I love, I've been listening to uh, your podcast. You've got that's so nice. Fantastic people on it. It's a font of information. It's it's an incredible wellspring of <laughs> of the hearts and minds of some of the most talented yes. uh, human beings on the planet. And <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it, it, it's uh, it, it's really wonderful. So I'm honored. Uh, to Thank be you with so much. You yeah. Today. So happy to have you. Thank you. I would call myself a dialect coach. Mm -hmm. I also teach, and I would also say mm -hmm. uh, accent modification is something that I also do as well. Cool. Yeah, and those are those are all. There's a lot of overlap between those those things. For sure. Cool. Because on your on your website it says dialect slash accent slash speech tools, and there's um you you work a lot with uh, network studios and corporations, correct? Yes. In addition and to uh, private individual clients including actors right right so, so i'm i'm really i have a lot of bulls in the air at any given time mm -hmm. a lot of bulls in the air right now is a great example i'm working on a show mm -hmm. so uh, i'm i'm working on set five days a week uh i'll meet oh, right. with i'll meet with other actors uh on other projects that i'm prepping uh, mm -hmm. after we wrap and on weekends, mm -hmm. uh, I'll also see private clients during those times. Um, an actor, if somebody wants to, uh, prep an audition, uh, right. or ongoing accent modification work that I might have with an actor who's from, you know, uh, who's not from the United States and wants to okay. be more comfortable with playing, um, you know, a role with a general American accent. I see. And, uh, and then there's, uh, people who are, uh, wanting to do accent modification. And then there's constant, uh, expanding work on, uh, the resource mm -hmm. website, Dialect Coaches Corner where we try to provide resources for actors, for uh, teachers, uh, linguists, and mm. and individuals who are wanting to transform the way they communicate through a, uh, accent modification. So there's a, there's a lot going on. Okay. And so take me back to the beginning. I mean, how, how did you end up in this path? Like, first of all, where are you from? What is your yes. uh, background in the industry? Um, I, you know, I was trained as an actor, mm -hmm. uh, in the drama school program. I, I went to the Juilliard school mm -hmm. and very soon after I graduated, I started, I started teaching mm -hmm. as a job in between acting gigs and, uh, I taught acting. I taught voice and speech. I had, uh, experiences in a variety of settings. I, uh, taught inside of uh, training programs. I taught at the Massachusetts Institute, uh, uh, you know, of technology, mm -hmm. MIT, I should say for short. Um, uh, taught inside of prisons, 
taught conflict oh. resolution improv and, and tie, inside of prisons. So taught cool. at uh, LOXA out there in uh, in Los Angeles, Los Angeles County High School for the Arts. Great program, mm. and uh, and and that's pretty much what uh, what I did a lot of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew people who were working as dialect coaches on film and television sets. And at some point, you know, I started saying yes to those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I always like to say, whatever you say yes to consistently, positive Mm -hmm. or negative, in five years, that's exactly where you'll be. Mm. That goes for career and life. That goes for career and life, for sure. (laughs) And uh, I've been saying yes for, I'm I'm going on 20 years here. So Uh it's been been a wonderful, wonderful uh, journey. Sure. Well, and um, would you say there's also, are there innate qualities that um, in addition to, of course, saying yes in a way that then your career path is forged in this way, Hmm. are there innate qualities that somebody who's good at dialects or dialect coaching has? Um, you know, I think that once you have, uh, you know, experience, you got to have a good ear. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that a lot of actors have. Sure. But once you have uh, experience in listening and breaking down dialects, I mean, there's a certain kind of muscle memory that... Mm. Uh, gives you the ability to pick up others, and and really, you know, I'm I'm talking about actors as well as dialect coaches. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I wouldn't say that that necessarily makes the process any easier. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing Hamlet, mm-hmm. and it doesn't ha- doesn't matter how successful your production was, if you're going to play Hamlet again five years later. You're going to have to do the whole thing all over again. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, you may remember little speeches. They may <laughs> stay in there. But, you know, for the most part, you're going to be building that doggone performance from scratch <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, and, in fact, that's what you want to do. Yes. You don't want to repeat the same Hamlet. You actually want you're doing it again because you have a you have a fresh take on it, mm. you know. And, and so I, I think, a, you know, an eight qualities for a dialect coach, I think, are curiosity Mm. and, you know, a dogged determination to uh, look at things as they are and try and hear things as they are, as opposed to what your idea of them Mm. may be. Mm -hmm. Because the way people communicate are always changing. And there's a real... Mm tendency and a danger to to say oh well you know yeah i know what a french accent is and and i know yeah. what a southern accent is well do you <laughs> and who's speaking the southern accent who's speaking the french accent right. where are they from mm. what part of the world are they from how have they where they're from how has that been affected by by you know the ideas of of colonialism or empire oh sure you know? History. So it's yeah. history, yes. Time, yeah. So the, yeah. The way a person speaks says volumes about where they came from. 
Sure. And, and curiosity is such an, an integral part of that. Like as an actor, being curious in general is, I think, it should be part of the job description. And as you're saying, that can include how a person speaks and, and like why they speak that way is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And at the same time, of course, we're not doing a dissertation. Nobody cares about that. Hmm. You know, we're telling a story. Hmm. And uh, as Denise Woods, the, the wonderful uh, mm. dialect coach and speech trainer, likes to say, the story is the star. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm curious too about as your background as an actor and how that affects this, because speaking to Barbara Rubin, her background was more in directing. And she actually talked about mm. this idea that she had to avoid directing actors when she's working with them and mm -hmm. think of them as slightly different hats mm -hmm. and like but she also echoed what you just said that the story is is it, that's always kind of the main factor it is not your job nor would you want to control what an actor is doing right right i'm following the actor you're following yeah okay i'm following where the actor wants to go ultimately when push comes to shove i'm I'm following the path that that actor is on because that actor is going to know way more than me about who the character is, mm. why they're saying things, um, you mm. know, how it wants to be because they're the one exploring it. I, I am completely on the outside. I am never anything mm. more than an outsider to say, ah, well, you know, you may not want to go over there. There are rocks over there. And, and there seems like there's a whole lot of fertile ground this way. Try <laughs> that. And that, that's, that's all I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm using what the actor wants to bring out mm. to help them discover that that's what okay. I'm doing. So I'm, I'm asking them a lot of questions about, well, what do you think about, you know, what do you think about this? And what do you think about how that might may happen. What do you want the person? What do you want to portray mm. when in, in terms of the way the person is speaking? And mm -hmm. and however they express that, then I learn things about uh, tonal qualities, about rhythm, okay. uh, you know, uh, pace, um, any sort of uh, mm. things having to do with prosody. You know how how the voice is connected to a thought process, those kind of things. Okay. And, I'm, and, it, and, the, and the one thing I will say, uh, I don't want to uh, uh, interrupt your next question. No, but yeah. The, the, that ultimately I'm wanting that actor to have six ways to Sunday. I don't okay. want them to have one way to do mm, anything. Okay. Yeah. So I am constantly saying, well, what if you did it like this? What if you, mm -hmm. what would it sound like if you did it like that? What if you made this the operative word? Because sometimes, uh, and increasingly, uh, these days, I'm not going to be there on the day. Yeah. I want you to have as many ways that, uh, that are comfortable for you to go. So you can let your imagination mm -hmm. pick the one that's appropriate yeah. You know, at the time, I have no idea how they're going to stage the scene. I don't know. Right. You're you're providing multiple options toward a solution 
mm-hmm. towards solutions rather than you are providing a solution. Well put. <laughs> well, and it just use that. You could absolutely use that. Well, and it's all over your website too. This notion of speech tools. The idea is that you are equipping these people with tools rather than it's almost like rather than answers. Yes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And as as a Juilliard trained actor, it also just sounds like I mean I love this idea of following the actor because you understand the basic premise of what an actorly process is. But it also sounds like so much of your job is then understanding and trying to figure out each individual actor that you're working with, their process. For sure. For sure. And how to stay out of their way when necessary. Mm. How not to get in the way. Okay. And and having been an actor, you know, I mean, I'm sensitive to that. Mm. One of the biggest things, you know, when you're that people who aren't actors don't un, don't understand and perhaps can miss is that mm-hmm. good actors make it look easy and it's never right. easy it's never easy they, no it's never easy no. they make it look like oh well i could do it like this and i can do it like that and you know it's like no the, this choice that was made is is a highly crafted mm you know, structure that we have. Mm-hmm. Me actually getting up, walking over to that chair and picking up my suitcase and then, you know, grabbing the water and chugging it before I go out the door. Mm. That's, there's a lot of thought that goes into that. Right. I can't, I, you know, it's like, I mean, if you ask me to, you know, change the order of that, well, I can't just do that on a dime, mm. you know? I mean, I can't always do it on a dime. Sometimes I may be able to, but it's like, it's an illusion and illusions are constructed. Mm-hmm. Right. The thing about acting is there's <laughs> there's about a zillion choices that an actor, if you look at it one way, has to make. And if you look at it another way, gets to make. <laughs> yes. yeah. And dialect is... is uh, not just one of those zillions of choices. It sounds like it's there's quite a few factors in just if you were to zero in on the dialect part of it alone. But in terms of the whole uh, a structure, in terms of what an actor needs to to be focused on, in terms to bring some, in, in, in terms of bringing something to life, mm-hmm. it's one element. It's yeah. one element, and mm-hmm. one of the things one of the things that's really wonderful about being on a film set. You start looking at what all the preparation that every department does, it just blows your mind. Mm. I was in the makeup room one day, it's years ago, and and was looking at the the books that the makeup people create, you know, because uh, you know, mm. there were fights in the show and so they had they had books. And it's like, okay, oh, yeah. on this day, the scar is gonna look like this. And mm. as the movie progresses, the well. scar is going to have to change as it heals. And I'm saying, mm. Oh man, that's uh I never thought about that. Absolutely. This is the thing also when you're putting together because look, when I am working with an actor, we are designing the dialect. That's what's happening. Design. Right? For sure, for sure, we are designing the the dialect and we are designing that dialect to fit into the contextual elements of the story that's being told. And that differs if it's a madcap comedy or Hmm. uh, a rom-com 
or a heavy drama, you know, with a lot of explosions and that sort of mm. thing. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there are requirements that the story has that are that that are contextual. And gotcha. you're wanting to make sure there's an old adage in in the in in the theater. It's called or it goes. If it don't show, don't paint it. Oh, okay. If it's not going to be on stage, mm. don't mess with it. Don't spend any time working on it. If it's not going to be a part of what oh. is going to make the illusion work, then you're wasting your time. Mm. Uh, you know, you want to make it safe and mm. make the illusion work. Now, it's trickier for an actor because an actor does do research that right. is a part of this you know, this sort of foundation, totally. you know, uh, so, uh, but every actor who, who is good at their job knows at what point, okay, I got enough. <laughs> I have enough. I have enough research. Okay. That part of it's done. Yeah. Now I'm focusing on, on, on this. On the doing of the, yeah. Yes. On the doing of it. And if I need to know something else, hmm. then, you know, uh, then we'll figure that out, you know, as gotcha. we go. Yeah. And so you are, you are, you've worked with actors at every stage of that process, including um, you've worked with people on their auditions, not even people who have a role. You you work with audition coaching, correct? Yes. Yes. Is that different yeah. in any way from, from prepping an actor who already has a role or? Yeah, it is different. It okay. is different. I mean, when, when you're prepping somebody for an, an audition, what you're really trying to do is just get to the next level, to the next stage. Okay. You're trying to provide a resource so that that actor can show themselves at the best advantage. Mm. And, you know, if they get the call back, well, then, hey, you may get some feedback that says, you know, let's do this with the with the dialect gotcha. or they may not say anything about the dialect. When you get the job, you'll you know, that's when you actually, um, you know, if you've needed a coach for the audition, when they, when you get the job, you then probably you probably will want a coach there as well. Yeah, probably the that's same the thing. Coach. Get the job, you know, get hmm. the job first. And the point is, the point is. It's all about having them be interested in what mm. you have to offer. And an audition is the same way as, you know, that movie that, you know, we plunked down our uh, $18 to see. Mm -hmm. You want to create an illusion of yeah. the best representation of you and that character as possible. And sometimes you'll go to a coach I've had, I have people come to me and says, I think I understand this dialect, but I'll just feel better if mm -hmm. I go over it with you for an hour before I go in. Sometimes it's um, uh, an actor who will come to me every time they have a big audition because they have a dialect modification that they're working on because they weren't raised in America, right? Mm. And they're And if they're going up for an American role, then then they'll they'll come to me to to do that mm -hmm. sometimes it, it, it's it's actors who i have an ongoing relationship with because i started working with them 
you know, right. when they first came to the States to, to get jobs. I have several actors who have a career um, who first came to me because they were trying to just get their American accents together, <laughs> Okay, you know, and some of those relationships have uh, are going on 10 years, you know. Amazing. You said it earlier. It's all about finding tools to yes. solve uh, an issue. And hmm. what's interesting for me is I have never, which is why I like the business, I've never really been interested in long-term, ongoing training with people who weren't working. Okay. I like it with an when an actor comes to me mm -hmm. because they know they need me for this specific thing. And other, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, I'm out of mind. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? In other words, what I'm saying is they're not coming to me uh, on the regular like they would go to an acting class because that's kind of not... Mm quite what my tool is like uh, gotcha. in the way that I use it. Yeah. It is more specific to each job. Yes. Yes. And each task. And what I, what yeah. I am really interested in, and during this pandemic, I had a mm. chance to really dig deeply into that. Um, mm. I am interested in doing workshops where it's like, okay, this is a three-class, four-class workshop in talking about this particular aspect of dialect acquisition. Okay. So that what begins to happen is that, which is what I always believe when it comes to actors, you need to be the best expert on what your process is and what it is that you need. You need yeah. to be the expert on that. Of your process. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Which is so if I can help not you, the same for everyone. It's not the same. For, yeah, yeah. And if I can help you solidify that for you, when yeah. you do come to me, then we we have a way of working. There okay. I see. And that is what makes it different from an acting class where of course actors should be, whenever they're not working, they should be training because that's for the purpose of honing that artistic process. But you're saying you come in when you you come you come in to aid that process, and preferably yes. with actors who really know intimately their own process. Yes, yes, and and oftentimes it's been because I have been a part of working that out with them. So cool, right? For the for these longstanding, um, is it safe to call them clients? Is that the right term? Uh huh. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Because yep. some of them are, first of all, some of them are very big names, but it, it does sound interesting to me, this idea of like working with an actor on one job throughout the course of that job sounds very cool. But mm -hmm. then to keep working with that actor on a variety of different characters and roles over the course of sometimes decades, that sounds really fascinating. It has been, it's been really interesting because the things that come up Mm -hmm. have a kind of an additive, you know, mm. quality to them. One thing stacks on, on top of another. Cool. So, and I don't know what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to 
to see that process. I've said before that I admire actors um, mm-hmm. and that I feel privileged to uh, to to work with them and be a resource for them. Mm. Um, but I'm always struck by the focus that that individual actors have that relates that is specific to them, but you know, has to do with how they deal with things that every actor deals with. Right. You know, for example, how how different actors deal with uh, script management. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, how sure. actors deal with, you know, if, I, if I'm working with, uh, with, with an actor on a television series and they've got massive amounts of dialogue on a regular basis. To memorize. You know, yeah, yeah, how yeah. they actually deal with that process mm. to make sure that it happens, you know, efficiently, right? Cool. Um, and uh, one of the things that I you know, often uh, think and sometimes will say uh, mm-hmm. is that the difference between a professional and an amateur is is uh, a professional can perform at an excellent level or to an excellent standard mm. when they're not at their best. Okay. So oh. if they're if they're sick, if they're tired, yeah. uh, it, it, you know they can they can do that. They could pull that rabbit out of the hat because of their uh, uh, because of the training, the commitment, yeah. and and mm. because of how they've set it up in the first place. You know, I've never heard it put that way about um, professional versus amateur. Like I, I've heard this idea that. Um, actors and artists in general, the point is to work uh, all the time or every day, like in a variety of different circumstances so that you can know what it's like to work when you are sick or when you are having a bad day and you can kind of push through. And mm-hmm. I've never heard it that like that is what separates the people who are really committed and really good to, uh, to, to, apart from the people who are not as familiar with that process and just starting out. They don't know how to excel when they're having a really terrible day. <laughs> or they just don't know how to repeat it. Oh. Let's take golf as, a, as an example, right? Mm. Um, you know, somebody goes out to the golf course and then they hit this great drive and it's like it's fantastic. And it's like you say, oh, boy, I'm, I think I've got talent in this. And then they go and they hit the next shot and it goes, you know, five feet. Yeah. You know, or the next drive goes into the woods. Nice. There's there's not an ability to recreate a perfect stroke. Interesting. Which is which is what's required yes. to at least give yourself the option of having a good result. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that perfect stroke only results from Hours and hours and yeah. hours, maybe 10,000 of practice. Yes, of regular practice. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I actually think a really good takeaway from this conversation is that this stuff is really hard. <laughs> it is really hard. <laughs> Chuatel Ejiofor once said, it just comes by hours of beating your head against a stone wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's part of what it takes. Just a dogged... 
determination to try and just going back to it over and over and over and over again. Every musician will tell you the same thing. And because of that commitment, I really try and over deliver for people. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, that's, I'll do every, I'll bend over backwards uh, to get you uh, the resources Mm -hmm. I need that you need. And, and, and and oftentimes what it results or how it manifests itself is that you know i'm just constantly thinking about what are some of the what are some of the things that i might be able to do that might be able to move the needle that might be able to shake things up for this person i'm thinking about up. that all the time yeah you know and so consequently i have a i have a lot of uh, approaches a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of uh, devices in my toolbox because everybody's different everybody learns differently everybody approaches yeah. things differently and what works with this person may not work the same way for that person and yeah uh, and you learn you learn more from every single job and can then cherry pick and yeah bring old lessons to new new roles new work Yes. Yeah. No, that's very well put. Dude, you are creating uh I mean, I'm I'm I, that's another slogan, you know. We've <laughs> picked slogans. a lot of we've picked a lot of cherries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, Jerome, thank you so much. This is so this is all so so interesting and so refreshing for me to talk about something this I want to say niche, like this specific. Is there anything else that our working actor listeners should know? I mean, what other advice do you have for those who are looking at potentially getting dialect coaching or going into their first dialect coaching session? That's a big question. Mm. And uh, I'll try to be as uh, specific as possible. I mean, the big thing that an actor can do is familiarize yourself with what the issues are when it comes to uh, the way speech sounds are organized. And Mm. if you just want to take English, you know, take a look at a vowel chart and, 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 you know, you could come to my website, dialectcoachescorner.com and learn some things about that. Uh, And there are a lot of resources, uh, you know, on YouTube, which will also give you, but if you can, if you could demystify that for yourself, Mm. even a little bit, speaking to the actors out there, when you and I get together, then we can move that much further faster because now I can talk to you and say, all right, so in this particular accent, here's what happens with the front vowels. This vowel and this vowel switch. And then uh, with the back vowels, uh, you know, this sound moves forward and, and you already have a sense of, of what I'm talking about. And it yeah. doesn't mean that you have to become an expert in the international phonetic alphabet. But if you could learn that in English sounds are in categories and we could use those categories to leverage our way into different dialects Mm. then you're way ahead of the game yeah okay familiarize with the basics for sure and we'll definitely link to dialect coaches corner because um it looks like i mean what is this this speech app 
books like a very valuable resource. The speech app is absolutely amazing. The speech mm -hmm. app allows would allow you to go in, take a piece of text and uh, put that text into the app and then have it arranged in any categories you wanted to. Mm -hmm. So you if you knew that in this particular dialect, uh, these vowels changed, then you could put it through the app and the app would basically show you all the words uh, that in that category that would change. Mm -hmm. So it allows, it's a focusing tool. It There's another part of the app that allows you to mark up your text according to sounds. So if you want to mark all of the all sounds as in law, if you're doing a New York accent, mm. then you could say mark all the all sounds. So there's a lot of different ways That's in there that allow you to, to massage the data so that you can actually mm. look at it and then do the work that you've worked out sometimes with a coach. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's not, these sounds like really good resources for doing the work. These are for working actors. Yes, yes. Yeah. Actors who are actually working to create something. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age when, when you know, it's never been easier to create content, mm -hmm. uh, the, the idea of having uh, places where you could go to help you on a budget, mm -hmm. um, uh, manage, uh, you know, things like dialects and, and how to manipulate some of those things. Uh, that's really, uh, crucial. Yeah. yeah. Really, really important. Excellent. Yeah. Adding things all the time. Uh, also it's additive. Like you said, it's an additive process. But it's been really awesome to be able to 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 talk with you. Like I say, I am yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I am honored to be <laughs> on your program because uh, you know uh, I may not be a, a heavy hitter, but I got a chance to get up at bat, and that's uh, that's real cool. <laughs> no, no, it's really been. It's this is so great, Jerome. Thank you. And now it's time to hear from Christine McKenna-Torella, our backstage casting insider. I will let her take it away. On to the casting calls for this week, and I'm keeping with the theme of dialects and voiceover and highlighting some of the best stuff we have on the site at the moment. Liz Liu's Casting is running a voiceover casting seeking talent for a new animated series. It'll be a work from home opportunity. Primarily, they're looking for talent in either New York or LA. They're seeking children uh, to sound around the age of six years old, and it's paying SAG scale for the project. Secondly, there's a branch content commercial voiceover. The applicants must have their own voice recording equipment for this position because it will be work from home and it needs to be professional grade when you record. And they're seeking British accents from London in particular. And finally, I want to highlight a large animation video project for the educational market. It is animations to help teach English to non-English speakers. They are seeking a variety of accents. I'll just highlight a few of them. They're seeking South African, Polish, German and French. Take a look if you have a specialty of an accent. It might be there for you for that casting. As always, break a leg in all of your auditions and have a beautiful week. 
Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Grau Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks as always to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at InTheEnvelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope.